This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Monday. Hope everybody had a great freaking weekend. Everybody except Lindsey Graham. We're going to talk about it when we get to the section on COVID and stupid shit Republicans have done. But the good news, starting off the show, Lindsey Graham has tested positive for COVID-19. Not only has Lindsey Graham tested positive, apparently he was on a houseboat with some of the worst people in the world over the weekend. Don't shed a tear for Lindsey. He is... uh, He is experiencing mild symptoms, he describes it as, uh, flu-like symptoms. Apparently, they were bad enough for him to go and get a test for COVID. He is positive. He was on a houseboat with Joe Manchin over the weekend. So I'm sure we're going to get updates on that. (laughs) Not, Not only are us leftists soulless, We're crack-smoking as well. Wait till you hear the latest rant from Pastor Greg Locke about the crack-smoking lefties. Plus, a man just sitting in his dining room was hit by a car. Yes, you heard that right. A man sitting in his dining room was hit by a car. And we have the video. New study removes all doubt that climate change is man-made. Lollapalooza happened over the weekend. COVID-a-palooza. Cleanup is underway. A third cop has taken his own life after the Capitol riot. But Trey Gowdy was on Fox News claiming the left has investigation hypocrisy. Trey Gowdy, who was in Congress when they investigated Benghazi, what, 27 fucking times? Accusing the left of investigation hypocrisy. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. The governor of West Virginia... When he heard the news about COVID, said it made him want to pee and throw up. The governor of West Virginia said the news about COVID made him want to pee and throw up. Oh, oh, oh. Also, Kevin McCarthy under fire. We're saying that if the Republicans retake the House in 2022, it's going to be hard for him not to hit Nancy Pelosi with the gavel. So he is being called on to resign. That's never going to happen because, you know, that statement played well with his dumb fuck followers. Starting off the night tonight, Mitch McConnell says that we won. He says that, you know, Bernie Sanders, Bernie fucking Sanders, ideology has won out. I wish that was the case. I think Mitch McConnell is living in a dream world. But let's let's hear what he has to say. This in regard to the bipartisan infrastructure bill. 
just reinforces the recklessness of the purely partisan taxing and spending spree that Democrats want to ram through next. Even before we get to this week, there's ample evidence the Senate is fully capable of passing policies that are actually smart, that actually make things better for the American, uh, for American families, and to do so with bipartisan majorities. Bullshit! A year and a half ago, the Senate turned a blank sheet of paper into the CARES Act. And, and apparently, they are holding up debate on amendments for this legislation. That he is touting like, oh, we can work together on this. Saved our health care system, saved our economy, and poured money into Operation Warp Speed to help unlock vaccines in record time. Overwhelming bipartisan support. A year ago, we passed the Great American Outdoors Act, a historic investment in our nation's national parks and national treasures. Another very large bipartisan vote. Last December, there was yet another bipartisan... Yes, the bill is 2,700 pages. And just a few months ago, senators once again compromised... There are Republicans claiming they need more time to be able to read the 2,700 pages. That's not true. They're not going to read it anyway. A big bipartisan bill addressing American competitiveness versus China. There's nothing stopping policies from earning bipartisan support here in the Senate when they deserve it. Bills that deserve to pass the chamber are not having a hard time passing. So the fact that our Democratic colleagues... They should have put 300 pages at the beginning and said these first 300 pages were left unintentionally blank. Things will immediately pivot to a staggering, reckless tax and spend spree that will not earn a single Republican vote, well, that tells Americans everything they need to know. That Republicans are corrupt and they don't believe in democracy. A divided House and a president who promised unity and togetherness have decided they want to respond to an environment of uncertainty and inflation with a sprawling $3.5 trillion socialist shopping list and a huge set of painful tax hikes. Socialist shopping list is what he calls investing into the infrastructure of our country. The Democratic presidential nomination, but his ideology sure has won the war. So in the next few days, the Democratic leader says they'll start the process. It could be because that Bernie Sanders represents the majority of the people. If his ideology won the war... It is because it's what the people want, Mitch. But hey, we're going to talk about the Biden administration, how they are still beholden to corporate interests. Dagman wrote a fantastic article about that uh, that came out today. Ramming through this awful, awful package. They want to respond to a border. Exactly. With amnesty. They want to respond to runaway inflation and soaring costs for families with even more reckless spending, printing, and borrowing. They want to respond to a growing worker shortage by turning a tax credit for working parents. They don't want to print and borrow. They want to raise the taxes on the wealthy. They want to respond to an uneasy economic recovery with massive tax hikes and a whole catalog of Green New Deal mandates and regulations. Yes. The Washington bureaucrats can run the country. 
No, so we can properly respond to the climate crisis. Next. That you don't give a shit about because you're going to be dead. It would read like one, and it would smell like one, and it wouldn't require a hyperpartisan partisan act from Senate Democrats to pull it off. Now, hold on. Dick Durbin responded to Mitch McConnell. That's actually my next video here. Socialism. It's a label we hear a lot. It's a fucking dog whistle we hear a lot. It's been around a while. Long time. But in American politics, it's kind of applied in an unusual way. The notion that every American would pay into an insurance fund so that everyone who retired could live in basic dignity. We called it Social Security as Democrats. The Republicans called it socialism. Do they want to remove Social Security as a socialist program? I don't know. I listen carefully as the Republican leader starts talking about the weaknesses of the democratic philosophy. And then in the 1960s, Lyndon Bates Johnson looked around America. Big dick-having motherfucker. ...of impoverished Americans growing by the day. They were our parents and grandparents. And he decided... One of their biggest problems was... No, literally, he threw his gigantic cock around. ...prescription drugs eventually. So he proposed a federal program called Medicare for everyone to reach the age of 65 in America. Regardless I just... Rich- I, I, I can't hear LBJ being brought up without me telling the story that the motherfucker used to have people on his boat... And he would just go up to the side of the boat and whip out his dick and take a piss off the side. Sling his big ass dick around just to intimidate the people he was negotiating with. That's LBJ. Rich or poor, boy, think about that. The critics call that socialism. The notion that we would help everybody, that we would collect money from all workers during their work experience and then take care of our parents and grandparents so that they could live longer, more independently, socialism. And now that we are discussing, and we are at an early stage, changing that Medicare program to extend its benefits to include fundamental and basic things that have been... Hopefully we can at least get it down to 60 or 55. Hearing aids, dental work. We know what a difference those things make. In Luxury the- bones, as I saw it called on they are Twitter earlier. Elderly. And yes, the junior senator from Vermont has proposed that we extend Medicare benefits to include those protections. But he's not alone. Moderates within the Democratic caucus across the board agree. It's time to take a serious look at that. And the Republican leader tells us... Time to take a serious look! The time to implement it was fucking 30 years ago! That a poor elderly person... Jesus! dentures ...who can't eat their food... ...can be ignored. Nor helping them is socialism. And I might also add one thing that's important. Well, they can be ignored in the U.S. How does it make a fucking billionaire money? Oh, it doesn't? Yeah, it's going to be ignored. pandemic was just kicking off, and there was proposed this CARES Act. All over the country. 
Might have been Especially worst. in the South. They were running out of ICU beds. It was proposed under the Trump administration. With Florida the- is completely overrun. It ended up with the strong bipartisan... The doctors in Birmingham here, some of the best in the world, Every Democratic senator are screaming at the top of their lungs, and they are being mocked. Mocked by the lieutenant governor of my state. Socialist? I don't think so. It was America family coming together through their government to address a crisis. That's exactly what happened. So what happened when we had a new president, when Donald Trump was gone, and yes, he is gone, despite the fact that he doesn't know it. <laughs> what happened when we had a new I don't know, Dick Durbin. decided he wanted to put together a rescue plan when he was first elected, as Joe Biden did. This rescue plan addressed some fundamentals. First, it kept the promise that Donald Trump made that $1,400 more was coming to every family in America. Really? Rich or poor? $1,400? Sounds socialistic to me, but it was a Trump idea, and it was the Biden rescue plan that pulled it off. And then those vaccines... I, Biden promised $2,000 checks and never delivered. He still owes me $600. do not think I haven't forgot. Just an inventory until Joe Biden passed his American Rescue Plan. and we. But here's the thing. All these things that I'm upset with Joe Biden about, letting the eviction moratorium expire, not sending the extra 600 not taking action right now. As the... You never know with Smokey. You could just go flying by. He is like the chillest cat in the world. He's just usually laying there, like 90% of the time, he's just laying there, chill. But if a cat is going to just right by your face, it's going to be smoky because he acts like a crackhead 10% of the time. Now, he's over here now. He's up on his, he's up on his cat tree. I don't know what I was bitching about, Dick Durbin. You got saved by the cat. Administer those COVID-19 vaccines across America. A dramatic effort. That was paid for by the American Rescue Plan as well. And money, loans for businesses to open and get started. Yeah, despite the fact that I'm upset about Joe Biden over multiple things, what am I going to do? Not vote in the next presidential election? I mean... Vote for a Republican? I'm going to try to primary the motherfucker. I think that the progressives need to get together now and coalesce behind a candidate. Even if it's just a protest candidate, we should be fielding somebody that's strong in 2024. But hey, I think we might be able to knock them off. Look how close we've came the last two times. Especially if Joe Biden decides not to run. We, we stand a chance. After the pandemic, money for schools to make sure they're safe when the kids return to them this, this fall. When that American Rescue Plan was put together by President Biden... And oh, my God! Chamber, I'm sorry to but they can't vote. Fucking shit. Not one Republican senator supported it. I hope they've had second thoughts since then. Administering those vaccines has given us hope in America... And I hope more giving giving felons the right to vote once they have paid their debt to society is is an issue we desperately need to get behind. So when I hear these critiques of socialism and partisanship from the other side, I just wonder how far would they go 
in the name of ending socialism, whether they would include Medicare. Yes, the, yes, they've tried. They're going to privatize everything they can. Socialistic. I yes, let them vote in prison as well. Because when you have, when the state has an incentive to imprison people in order to prevent them from voting, you end up with the largest prison population in the world because you're a fascist state. Not to mention, and this is this is something that really gets me upset is that for the purposes of uh, proportionment in Congress, these prisons that are usually built out in rural areas, they count their prison population for the rural area that's usually a red district. People that are locked up and can't vote, they don't get to count in the city that they're usually from. They count towards the rural area where they're imprisoned. Helping to bolster the... the out of whack representation that we have in this country. I didn't quit Mondays. I quit Fridays. I didn't even quit Fridays. The Friday Night Freak Show launches on Friday the 13th. The Troll Patrol is now Sunday through Thursday. But yeah, what the fuck is Mitch McConnell talking about? He knows. He's a smart man. Under Joe Biden, corporate interests are still Steering the ship. We saw it. You know that letting the eviction moratorium had to do with the National Rental Association, the the fucking uh, uh, firms that are buying up all these rental properties across the country. Uh, I made fun of Lindsey Graham at the beginning. We haven't actually talked about it. He did indeed test positive for COVID and apparently was on a boat with some of the worst people in the world over the weekend, and that includes Joe Manchin. Despite continued proclamations that Joe Biden is a transformative president, his agenda has been much more about placating business interests than shifting power to workers. Damn right. And that's, that's, that's always what he was about. That's why they worked so hard to make sure that he was the nominee. Credit should be given where credit is due. Joe Biden's stimulus package did more to help working people than almost any other piece of legislation in the last few decades. And he is going to hide behind that. To shield himself from criticism. Of course, that's a pretty low bar. Exactly. But through direct payments and extended unemployment benefits, the American Rescue Plan boosted incomes for most working class and middle class Americans. It created a temporary child tax credit. It extended generous unemployment benefits through September, though, what, 20 some states have ended it? Though many of those states are getting ready to have to reinstate it because of lawsuits. It created a temporary child tax credit, which I think is poised to become permanent, at least. And it bailed out state and local governments to prevent a return to austerity. Biden's stimulus plan was a big shift from Barack Obama's stingy response to the 2008 crisis and Donald Trump's tax cut orgy. By the way, we are reading from Jacobin. But the question for working people is not... The goddamn chicken sausage. I popped into uh, Echoplex. We raided Echoplex when we were done here. And fucking Dave is making jokes about the chicken sausage. Callbacks to the chicken sausage on Echoplex last night on the Plex. The question for working people is not where Biden's heart is at. It is this. 
Who holds the power in his administration? The answer to that question will determine the opportunities and limits for reform in the next four years. So far, every indication we have suggests that business is still calling the shots in Washington, D.C. I was under no illusions. For decades, big business has wanted politicians to pursue austerity when it comes to people's needs. Slash budgets for education cut back on health care whittle away at unemployment benefits. But last year, the COVID crisis and the specter of economic collapse forced businesses to change its tune. And it's this change in businesses' policy preference, preferences that should get the credit for Biden's stimulus. From the start of the 2020 election, business was on board with the Biden agenda. A Yale poll of directors at America's largest companies found that 77% planned to vote for Joe Biden. CEOs also coupled their support for the Democratic Party with their wallets. Data suggests that CEOs from larger companies giving to Biden outnumbered those giving to Trump two to one. Large donors as a whole accounted for 61% of Biden's war chest. As soon as Biden was elected, the business world quickly closed ranks behind the administration and demanded a new and massive stimulus package. Michelle Gass, CEO of Kohl's, put the matter bluntly in explaining her support for a new stimulus package targeted at regular people. Anything that puts money into the pockets of our consumers is a good thing. Well, shit, I've been saying that for years. Yes, the leaked video showing the the ExxonMobil lobbyist. I think it was it may it may have been Chevron. They support it publicly, but it'll never pass because they're actually greasing the wheels behind the scenes. So they get to have their cake and eat it too. They should be nationalized. It shows that they cannot operate in the best interest, and how the fuck do they get to own something that's in the ground anyway? As a working class person from Appalachia, it always boggled my mind, even when I was a kid, that a company could own the coal in mountains. How the fuck? How can a private entity own the coal in a mountain? How can they own the natural gas in the rocks? How can they own the fucking oil down in the ground? I don't fucking get it. In early February, Biden organized a meeting of corporate leaders to discuss the stimulus package. Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan Chase, Doug McMillan of Walmart, Tom Donahue from the Chamber of Commerce, and Marvin Ellison from Lowe's were among the CEOs courted. Business rejoiced in its newfound closeness to the White House. Fuck. This article is making me sick. That gives you an idea about how not socialist the Biden administration is, Mitch McConnell. But Mitch McConnell knows he's getting paid to get up and say that nonsense to appeal to the dumb fucks that vote Republican. If you would like to finish reading the magazine or the this magazine article, it was published in Jacobin. I don't see the date. Published two days ago in Jacobin. 
Now, Senator Cassidy also had an earful for McDo- uh, McDonald's. <laughs> Might as well call him McDonald's. Senator McDonald's. Senator McConnell and his fucking Red Scare tactics. Bill that is before us and specifically about a component of the infrastructure bill. My colleague earlier, Senator Tuberville from Alabama, said when he goes home, he speaks to people. Senator Tuberville currently under investigation for ethics violations for insider trading. That announced today. In his state, he always gets a consistent message. I, too, get that consistent message. Better jobs, greater safety for their family, and a better future for our country. Tuberville gets a consistent message back from his Republican lemmings that are just repeating the bullshit that he's pumped them full of. And bridges and highways, ports and waterways. I'm not high enough for this shit. Broadband in areas that don't have it now. Flood mitigation, coastal restoration. These are things that will contribute to better jobs, more safety, and a better future for our country. But first, let me dispel some myths. There are some misconceptions out there about this bill. One misconception is that it's somehow the same as the $3.5 trillion... This is referring to the infrastructure, the bipartisan bill... ...proposed increasing taxes to a record basis and increasing our national debt when obviously we are pushing up on the debt limit. This is not that bill. This bill is about roads and bridges and broadband and flood protection. That bill is about everything else. This bill is about improving the quality of life for our families, improving the future for our country. That bill is about a sugar high on an economy which is already in an inflationary mode. These are two different bills. So I'm speaking about the one that has 86% approval. Bill Cassidy from Louisiana. By the American citizens. The other concern is that this will contribute to inflation. Again, that's confusing it with the, uh, it's the confu- that is confusing it with the $3.5 trillion wish list my Democratic colleagues have. No, the, the bill that we're proposing with $550 billion in new spending over five years for roads... Which is just a drop in the bucket that's fucking nothing. ...inflationary to actually improve our economy over time. And lastly, that somehow that this... Yep. ...infrastructure bill that we have proposed is um, somehow Republicans playing along with Democrats in a way which is bad for our country. Negative one million. A $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill. We've put up $550 billion in new spending. He needs to talk to Tuberville and learn how to do a little bit of that insider trading if his worth is a negative whereas ours cool is million. And so, Madam President, to make the point, this is something that Republicans have proposed in the past, that Democrats have proposed in the past, and this version it is something which Democrats and Republicans can... Yes, it's something that Republicans have proposed in the past and we can still barely eke it through. It gives them better jobs, increases Taekwondo. their family, and gives a better future for our country. Let me give some ideas about how that could occur. There's $110 billion for roads, bridges, and highways. Not just to repair some, to construct some others... We've got 40,000 bridges in this country. 
that are structurally deficient. So about jobs and safety and a better future. Clearly, we talked about safety. Think about the jobs that will be created by this construction. Well, I mean, net worth is not exactly how I'm going to measure the effectiveness of a senator anyway. Roads and bridges will last for decades. And some person who's now a child will drive over a bridge as an adult and her life will be better because of the highway. Or if we don't fucking do anything, they're going to drive over the fucking bridge that hasn't been repaired since they're a child as an adult and it's going to fucking collapse on them. They're going to be in a river somewhere because we have 40,000 bridges that are structurally deficient in this country. And you motherfuckers are arguing about passing this bill when it is woefully insufficient. But while the Senate is bickering over the infrastructure bill, some members of the House are still trying to raise awareness of the eviction moratorium. Cory Bush slept on the steps of the Capitol. I think she's still there tonight. She was joined by Senator Warren, by Ariana Presley. AOC went on with Jake Tapper yesterday to talk about the eviction moratorium. A few moments ago, talk about the reconciliation bill. That's the bigger budget package, $3.5 trillion. He said... He can't give him any guarantee that it would pass the Senate. What was your response to that? Well, listen, this deal, these deals on infrastructure that have gone out are not just bipartisan, but they are also bicameral. And it was very, it was made very clear. That means House and Senate. Yes, that means House and Senate. And so it was made very clear at the beginning of this process that this bipartisan deal is. Dude, look, stop with your creepy bullshit. I'm fucking tired of it. Nobody gives a shit who you find attractive or who you would lick or whatever the fuck. You are a loser that lives with his grandmother. You ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no life. It doesn't matter who you find attractive, you creepy fucking bastard. You're getting ready to be a band guy if you keep coming in here with your sexist bullshit even survives the Senate, the only chance that it has at passing the House is if the House passes the Senate bill and if the Senate passes the House bill, which is largely in reconciliation. And so we can't just have one body driving the entire legislative agenda for the country and, frankly, 20 senators that within that one body. And so we need a reconciliation bill if this bipartisan bill is going to get, if we want this bipartisan bill to pass. Now, I know the infrastructure uh, deal. That yes, the House is wanting to make sure that the reconciliation bill is, is obviously is contingent upon the passage of the bipartisan bill. It still does include things that you like, including funding for electric vehicle charging stations, public transit, clean water systems, broadband, more. When it comes before the House, as it looks like will happen, will you vote for it? Uh, it has to, we have to hold out to that we have to hold on to that bargain if there is not a reconciliation bill in the house and if the senate does not pass the reconciliation bill we will uphold our end of the bargain and not pass the bipartisan bill until we get all of these investments in and Damn right. it's clear that the investments in the bipartisan bill are not all you know candy land there are some of these quote unquote pay fors 
that are very alarming that we need to see the language on. For example, some of the language around privatizing public infrastructure, putting toll roads, leasing public infrastructure to private entities are very concerning. And oh, look at this. It's AOC really using her power in a meaningful way. Uh, until until it reaches, you know, when it reaches the House. Bipartisan doesn't always mean that that it's in the interest of the public good, frankly. Sometimes there's a lot of corporate lobbyist giveaways in some of these bills. Okay. So well, there's a there's a section of the left that uh, thinks that doesn't happen. Uh, Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin of Michigan, who told Politico, quote, strike while the iron's hat. If you get a deal and if it's significant money, don't let it sit. It does not age well. You disagree. Well, we have we have a deal, and the deal is reconciliation for the bipartisan infrastructure I, bill. There you go. Yeah, you've made your point. You have called out uh, Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema for saying she does not support the budget reconciliation package, $3.5 trillion uh, for all sorts of priorities. You, you wrote, quote, good luck tanking your own party's investment on child care, climate action, and infrastructure while presuming you'll survive a three-vote House margin. Good luck tanking your own That's political career. And we have a tight margin in the Senate. I respect that we have to get Senator, you know, Cinema and Manchin's vote on reconciliation. They should also respect that there's a very tight House margin and that we have to be able to uphold our end of the bargain as well. And House progressives are also part of that of that majority. And how many so, how many House progressives do you think are with you on this? I believe a very large amount of the Progressive Caucus. The total amount is about 90. I, you know. I, I am not the, the whip of the Progressive Caucus, but what I can tell you is that it's certainly more than... I, I think they have enough to hold it up. It is in the double digits. Because it's a razor-thin margin. Prevent it from passing. More than enough. Can I finish, Simone? Will you just shut up for a minute and let me finish? Hey, what the fuck? Wow, that was wild. I obviously didn't grab the part about the eviction moratorium. Shit. Sorry. The Poor People's Campaign, I mentioned them. Several from the Poor People's Campaign were arrested in Washington earlier today. They were marching in Texas over the weekend. They made their way to D.C. Dozens of protesters were arrested for blocking Constitution Avenue in front of the Dirksen Hart Senate office buildings in Washington, D.C. as they demanded the passage of a voting rights bill and other legislation. The Poor People's Campaign also rallied for an end to the filibuster and a higher federal minimum wage. See, this was the footage that was filmed earlier today. Thank you, we love you. 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 Channing, thank you, we love you. As they're arresting them. You see several members of clergy there with him. That's what the clergy is supposed to do. Not like Pastor Greg Locke, who's going to go on an unhinged rant about crack-smoking leftists. Yeah, yeah, no problem arresting the poor people's campaign. Couldn't be bothered to do their fucking jobs on January the 6th. I don't know what he, like, put some kind of wristband on that preacher there. Once again, the Poor People's Campaign does a fantastic job.
That is how they spent their weekend. But Senator Lindsey Graham was on a houseboat with several high-profile politicians spreading COVID. Lindsey Graham tests positive for COVID-19. Says he was very glad that he was vaccinated. I started having flu-like symptoms Saturday night and went to the doctor this morning. I feel like I have a sinus infection, and at present time, I have mild symptoms. I'm very glad I was vaccinated because without vaccination, I'm certain I would not feel as well as I do now. My symptoms would be far worse. Graham, who attended a Senate session at Sunday on an emerging infrastructure package, said he will quarantine for 10 days. According to the most recent data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, more than 99.99% of COVID-19 cases among vaccinated Americans have not resulted in hospitalization or death. No vaccination for COVID-19 has been found to dramatically reduce the chances of catching it. A recent study released by the CDC found that vaccinated people can still spread the virus and can still spread it just as easily as an unvaccinated person. Oh, shit. We got a call. Caller, you're on the Troll Patrol. What's going on? Yeah, what's good, man? Am I on there? What is good? Am I on there? What? Well, shit. What the fuck was that? (laughs) Well, thanks for calling in. Not as fun as yesterday when I got to sing happy birthday to a caller. Now, the recent study released by the CDC was so alarming it caused West Virginia Republican Governor... To want to pee and throw up. The rise of the Delta variant in West Virginia and the fear of inadequately containing it makes West Virginia's governor uneasy. During a coronavirus briefing on Thursday, Governor Jim Justice said the thought of the Delta variant rising in the state makes him want to pee and throw up. Do we have video of this? Please tell me we have video of this. COVID-19 vaccines. God, it's an hour and a half long. Oh, come We got to hear this. See if I can find it real fast. Shit, I might have needed to hit the uh, the content warning for that one. Okay, okay. I think we have the clip. <laughs> this is West Virginia Governor Jim Justice. I'm going. I, y'all going to excuse me just a second. I'm. I, I've got to go pee and then throw up. 
and uh, and and because uh, the information is not pleasing. This I'm going y'all going to excuse me just a second. I'm I, I've got to go pee and then throw up, and uh, and and because uh, the information is not pleasing. This. Now, this is the CDC report that we covered last night. The vaccinated people still carry the same viral load of the Delta variant that unvaccinated people carry. About a thousand times the viral load of the original, which means that vaccinated people can spread it just as easily as unvaccinated people. And that, that news was so alarming to Governor Jim Justice that he... I'm going. I, y'all going to excuse me just a second. I'm. I, I've got to go pee and then throw up, and uh, and and because uh, the information is not pleasing. This. The information is not pleasing. Yet, I'm not seeing our government do anything about it. Matter of fact, they allowed Lollapalooza to go on over the weekend. The cleanup now begins in Grant Park after this mass uh, gathering, a super spreader event. Yes, get a bucket for Governor Jim Justice. Continues this morning, Tanya and Terrell, you could see the big... Or two girls and one cup, whatever you fucking need. But the question on the minds of so many people, and you hinted to this, will this four-day festival lead to another citywide shutdown? This morning, crews are clearing away the trash at Grand Park, even removing the Lollapalooza sign. The real concern, though, isn't what is left behind, but what could lie ahead. For four days, 100,000 people flooded Lollapalooza each day, raising concerns. Look at those crowds. Now, you you had to present. It started on Thursday. Next couple of days, you could potentially start. You had to present evidence that you were vaccinated. You needed to be vaxxed to enter it. So that that is one good thing. You were supposed to social distance, and I think it was like half of the crowd that it should have normally been. But still, did that look socially distanced? <laughs> Holy fuck. Cases, I think by next week. And I'm I'm a concert head. They streamed it on Hulu. I I couldn't watch it. I just I couldn't think about anything other than it being a super spreader event. And we'll probably be having a pretty good idea about how much transmission... Occurs. Maybe we need to contact the governor's office and let them know about that, get them checked out. 206 new cases of COVID per day. Despite the uptick, Chicago's top doctor said there is no current plans to shut the city down again. Instead, she's urging more vaccinations. We have no goal or current plans to close down Chicago again. But we need people, please, once again, to step up. There were protocols in place at Lala, including showing proof of vaccination or a negative test. One fest goer who's been coming for years says he felt completely safe at the festival. They were I wouldn't have. Pretty cautiously. I felt good in the crowds. They were giving out masks right at the entrance. I feel like they did as safe as they could. And, you know, I feel coming out as a vaccinated person pretty positive about what what they were doing to protect us. I, I think you're still carrying 1,000 times the viral load and you're going to go out and infect a bunch of people. Our COVID case numbers. Yep. Giving out masks 
that he was not wearing. Meanwhile, in, in Tennessee, a Republican, after a long battle with COVID, is urging others to take it seriously. A state lawmaker in Tennessee. Fighting COVID-19 for eight months. He released a statement explaining what it was like nearly dying. As News Channel 5's Kyle Haran shows us, he's not the only Republican lawmaker now telling their story. With COVID cases rising, it's more important than ever that people get vaccinated. And now there's one Republican lawmaker who just got out of the hospital who says he thinks people should consider it. For rep- consider it! Near death experience. For eight months, he fought COVID, even being put on a ventilator for 55 days. His family planned for his funeral, and he even had his liver replaced after getting jaundice. Now he's recovered and released a statement about his illness. But you should consider getting vaccinated. Seriously. In one part, he addresses people who are hesitant to get the vaccine, saying, quote, I would say COVID is real and it is very dangerous. It is a disease that wants to kill us. Please take it seriously. Please consider getting vaccinated. This is an issue that should not divide us. This is an issue that should not divide us. Well, guess what some other fuck in his party is doing in Tennessee at this very moment? Tennessee House Speaker threatens special session if school districts mandate masks. He wants to call a special session to overrule school districts mandating masks in Tennessee. After his own colleague has almost died from it. This is insane. Classrooms all across the mid-state this week. Meanwhile, the Delta variant is spreading faster than ever. Now schools have a matter of days to remake decisions on student and teacher safety that they thought were set. I, I, have, I have told my friend who has school children they should not be in school. They went school shopping this weekend. I told him he should have done that. Oh my gosh. Because so far, I know of two schools that have opened already. Both of them are already shut down. Holy shit. We know of the the school in Atlanta, the private school, opened on Tuesday, was closed by Thursday. What does that tell you? Settled months ago. All while getting mixed messages from the state. One of those messages coming from a top Republican leader who is drawing a line in the sand over what he's willing to let school systems do when it comes to COVID safety protocols. That's right. House Speaker Cameron Sexton joined Governor Bill Lee this afternoon for a news briefing and delivered the threat to call lawmakers back into special session if school systems go too far. News Channel 5 Chief Investigative Reporter Phil Williams had plenty of tough... This is the pro-life party! They're going to call a special session if school districts go too far in protecting students. Questions for both men, Phil. Well, first of all, let's begin with the science. Children are at low risk of dying from COVID, but they can get sick, sometimes very sick. Still, the mess- Almost 40 are in the hospital in my state right now. ...than the risk to our children posed by the virus. We've seen stark learning loss across our state, and some of the numbers are very sobering. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee called the news conference... Bill Lee is a piece of shit. ...the COVID pandemic on student achievement. 
It is really hard to teach a child to read. It is really hard to do that in a pandemic. But the American Academy of Pediatrics says face masks are the best hope for keeping kids in the classroom during the coming year, especially with a more infectious Delta variant now sweeping the country. House Speaker Cameron Sexton made it clear he's not going to tolerate schools closing or requiring. And, and like, we're just going to open the school up, close it back down, quarantine people. These quarantine people are going to need some sort of lifeline from the government to keep them going. Holy shit. It really seems like our thought process on it right now is not to prepare for the worst. It's almost certainly going to happen within the next few weeks. It's just to barrel on through it. Holy shit. Requiring face masks. So I sure hope that school systems do not require a mask mandate for those students. And if they do, I'm going to ask the governor for a special session. If they close the schools, I'm going to ask the governor for a special session. Sexton acknowledged that the nation's pediatricians, as well as the CDC, have recommended that children... They don't give a shit about that life once it's born. That is correct. ...politicians are in a better position to make those kinds of decisions. We can listen to healthcare people. You can listen to the economists. But at the end of the day, we're elected and we make the decision. No, 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 no. You should listen to the healthcare people. You shouldn't listen to the economists. This is a matter of public safety. The economists have no dog in this fight. And if we don't take care of public safety, there's not going to be an economy for them to economist about. ...that we feel are best based on the information that we have. Should school systems be punished if they want to be safe and protect their children from... He thinks so. ...punished by telling them they can't mandate a mask? If that's a punishment, sure. We have a solution for COVID-19, and it's a vaccine. In fact, facing a backlash from conservative Republicans, Lee's administration has pulled back from its vaccine outreach to teens. And kids under age 12 are not even approved for the shot. Still, Governor Lee said he isn't persuaded by what the nation's pediatricians say. If you're not listening to the American Academy of Pediatrics, who are you listening to? I'm listening to parents. Money! The parents are just fucking giving you back the propaganda you have fucking fed them. It's a feedback loop of stupidity. ...making process for their children of anyone. What about the medical professionals, sir? The parents should consult with their medical professionals to make those decisions. I think we'll see more children die because they're they're not... Yep, yep. We have a more virulent strain coming through. Former health department insider Dr. Michelle Fiscus, a trained pediatrician, recently told me she... Yeah, yeah, my state has signed on to the ambicus brief asking the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. It, it, like, that's their priority right now. Not protecting the children from this deadly virus that's going around. It's political posturing over a stupid fucking culture war issue that doesn't even... doesn't belong in the hands of politicians. It should be legal and readily available to everyone, and it needs to be a personal decision. There are a lot of people saying that if you don't have a uterus, you shouldn't have an opinion on it. No, you should have an opinion on it, and that opinion should be it's none of your fucking business.
he tried and failed to get Lee's attention on the risk to children. She worries that parents who don't understand the science will put other children at risk. The governor isn't concerned. I think parents have to make decisions about risk of their own children, where they go to school, whether they wear a mask, what, what decisions are made. What, what, what about risking other children? I think those parents have to make risks, uh, have to make decisions about their own children. Well, how are they going to make decisions? They've been forced to go back to work for ending unemployment benefits. They need some child care, so they got to send their children off to school. They don't have the luxury of being able to do whatever the fuck they want if they're in the working class. Fuck you, Bill Lee. All, all, all children. Just across the state line in Georgia, a five-year-old boy recently died from COVID. After the news conference, I asked the House Speaker if he was willing to accept hearing more stories like that. His answer, life is full of risks. We don't try to eliminate all risks to children, and he doesn't see COVID as being any different. His answer was, life is like a box of chocolates, and I'm as dumb as Forrest Gump. Channel5.com. I told you about the school in Atlanta last night. We have a school in the Bay Area now. Brentwood Union School has reported 18 COVID cases among the student and staff. of COVID cases may leave some parents feeling a little uneasy. One Contra Costa County School District is reporting more than a dozen new cases among students and staff. Today in the base, Chris Sanchez joins us now. And Chris, you did this story. They just returned to campus last week. Yeah, we were just talking. Just returned to campus last week. School starts in my school district Wednesday. Two days. One day. Tick tock. Tick tock. You want to take bets on how long it stays open? Here in an area with a very high transmission rate. I don't think it's open by the end of the week. Talking about the Brentwood Union School District going back to school last Wednesday. We were there, in fact. So to hear of an outbreak after just three days of school, it is a little unnerving. But let's talk about what we know about that Brentwood Union outbreak. There are currently 15 cases among students and staff, one of which we know happened at Edna Hill Middle School. The school nurse and other district staff are now conducting contact tracing and may notify more people of potential exposure. You're right. You have to account for bureaucratic bullshit. So it is possible. Because when they try to shut down schools in my state, exactly what they were talking about in Tennessee is going to happen. They're going to try to prevent it through legislation. It's a, it's a, it's wild. Especially now, my governor wasn't that bad last year throughout the pandemic. She's up for re-election this year. Governor Meemaw, they call her. She's up for re-election this year, and I think she is going to be horrendous. And likely that those 15 people who are positive were infected before the return to campus. Here's what some parents in Brentwood told us. It's expected. It's expected. I just didn't... This soon? It's kind of soon and early, but I understand, like... We just came off break, so people are coming from vacation and getting tested. Oh, I think they're going to shut down again, especially with this Delta variant that's coming about. How Brentwood Union has 11... How many kids are going to have to die before they shut down? 
students are too young to be vaccinated. As of Saturday, just 66% of Contra Costa County residents were fully vaccinated and 71% had at least one shot. Uh, just a few moments ago, you heard from a <laughs> pediatric infectious disease specialist from Stanford. To reiterate her point, she says that the data from throughout the pandemic, last year and a half of school time, shows that kids who contracted COVID are not getting sick at school. They are getting infected off campus, at home, and in community activities like sports where there are not proper protocols. She says to urge the adults in your kids' lives to get vaccinated or to mask up when they're around them. Well, that's encouraging, I guess. They're not getting it at school. Meanwhile, in Florida, Matt Gates has been infected. But he has been infected with the Freedom variant, he says. Before we get started with this story, I want to ask a very serious question. How in the fuck is Matt Gates still in Congress? Florida's pandemic is now nearing its peak according to two key measures. That's apparently a badge of honor to Representative Matt Gates. The state has been one of the major centers of the Delta variant, which is currently ripping through the entire state, resulting in more than 16,000 positive tests each day. More people, 10,201, are now hospitalized due to COVID-19 in Florida than at any other point of the pandemic so far, months after vaccinations became readily available throughout the country. Nearly half of Florida's population is fully vaccinated. According to Gates, that's just the cost of doing business in Florida. I mean, you know, you've had, you've had all the experts say, well, look out for the Delta variant. Or the Lambda variant. Next is going to be like the Chi Omega variant or the Pi Kappa Psi variant. I got the Florida variant. I got the Freedom variant. It affects the brain. It gets you to think for yourself. I am assuming you're not going to have freedom very much longer, sir. And you're going to be in handcuffs serving time for sex trafficking. Where you don't just surrender to the truth that they're trying to create in corrupt big media. And and speak of that, Florida, mean, Florida does indeed affect the brain. This is not the first time Gates has made a mockery of the pandemic, which has killed nearly 40,000 Floridians to date. In March of 2020, when the full danger of the pandemic was just beginning to come into view, he wore a gas mask on the House floor, though he insisted he was being serious. Days later, while on board Air Force One with former President Donald Trump, Gates found out he'd been exposed to COVID-19. In November of 2020, Gates said he tested positive for COVID antibodies, but claimed he never had symptoms. Despite the recent increase in cases, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has continued to resist new mask mandates and other restrictions, even threatening municipalities that institute their own Last week, he mocked the CDC's guidance that even vaccinated people should wear masks in areas of high or substantial transmission, a description that fits every county in his state. Now, the GOP has issued a bombshell report.
Yeah, if I have somebody that's doing quotes like that um, in YouTube, fucking ban them. So, according to this new bombshell report, COVID leaked from the controversial Wuhan lab sometime before September 12th. With the CCP keeping the deadly virus under wraps in the greatest cover-up of all time. This is a Republican investigation into the origins they released today. The report shows a preponderance of evidence proves that all roads lead to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Bat Research Lab eyed as a source for the pandemic. It is our belief the virus leaked sometime in late August or early September. Republican in the House Foreign Affairs Committee who released the report said they realized what happened. The CCP officials and scientists at the WIV began frantically covering up the leak, including taking their virus database offline in the middle of the night and requesting more than $1 million for additional security, McCall said. investigation also revealed a previously unknown request in July of 2019. This is what they're hanging their hat on. For a $1.5 million overhaul of a hazardous waste treatment system for the facility, even though it was less than two years old. It included requests for maintenance on environmental air disinfection system and hazardous waste treatment system, which would indicate concerns about how these systems meant to prevent lab leaks were functioning The report alleges. The report also cites satellite and geomapping intelligence that showed hospitals around the lab getting unusually busy from September with a rush for online searches of symptoms now linked to the pandemic. Once again, this is all circumstantial. This runs contrary to one of the scientists who back in May called for an investigation into the lab leak He has changed his stance, and now one of the scientists who signed that letter says new data has come to light, and that information, summarized in an online review, has changed his thinking. This is a story from about two weeks ago in NPR, and he's plotted the data. Now, I trust this far more than I trust a politically motivated, lying sacks of shit like the Republicans... And the fact that he was one of the scientists that signed on to the letter to take lab leaks seriously means that he was not motivated in some sort of cover-up like some uh, uh, commentators have suggested. In fact, Warby thinks the most likely scenario, given the current information, is that the coronavirus pandemic began at the Hunan Sea Seafood Wholesale Market even though the World Health Organization says it's unlikely to have started there. That are very consistent with it starting at the market. Very consistent, Warby says. 
This is the guy that is considered the Sherlock Holmes in the world of pandemics. One of the leading experts on researching this shit. But hey, you know, Republicans actually know how to do investigations. They're not politically motivated. Trey Gowdy thinks that the left is hypocritical with their investigations. I'm Trey Gowdy, and welcome to Sunday Night in America. I like fairness. It's why I like going Bullshit. professional wrestling and the courtroom more than Congress. Fairness is often requires a referee. We don't have to like the referee, but we should be able to respect the referee. The most recent example of duplicity and unfairness is the manner in which congressional investigations are handled by the political parties and the media. The D.C. media never met a Republican investigation that should start or a Democrat investigation that should end. With Fast and Furious, the Democrats and the media never took an interest. You would think two groups constantly talking about gun control would be interested in the U.S. aiding and abetting the flow of guns to Mexican drug cartels. It started under Bush. Lerner and the IRS, most Democrats and the media didn't care about that. Benghazi? More Democrats. That was complete bullshit. The IRS scandal was bullshit. Gowdy. You're full of it. Voted to investigate oh, Benghazi! Then Republicans voted to investigate the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Did you know that? Did you know more Democrats voted to form a select committee to investigate the deaths? Well, yeah, there are a hell of a lot of shit libs. Republicans voted... For the January 6th select that are just running fucking cover for Republicans. I want you to believe one inquiry was a witch hunt, while the other is bipartisan and serious. Yes, they are. Change your mind on any of those investigations. You're free to think they were worth pursuing or not pursuing. I do happen to think what happened on January the 6th is worthy of investigation, prosecution, and incarceration for those convicted. But regardless of what you think about the merits of those investigations, I would hope we could all agree the same standard, the same rules, the same process should apply to all congressional investigations. But it never does, Trey. The rules should not change depending on which team is up to bat, and the strike zone should not change depending on which political party is conducting the investigation. Kevin McCarthy picked five Republicans to populate the January 6th committee. He's the highest-ranking Republican in Congress, and therefore, he picks the Republican members. But Nancy Pelosi rejected... One of them and himself are probably going to get called as witnesses. ...participate. She summarily deemed them unqualified. Yes, yes. He is going to be called as a witness... Because he helped Trump organize January 6th. And this motherfucker was on Fox News talking about how, Oh, BLM and team is so violent. They don't want to investigate it. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. They have conflicts of interest. And the fact that she was willing to seat these three proves that Nancy Pelosi was being bipartisan. 
No fan of Pelosi, for sure. But it's obvious what was going on. These picks were meant to get thrown off so that they could accuse Pelosi of playing politics, so they could let Trey Gowdy go on the air with this fucking rant. And we're not sure why she rejected Leader McCarthy's picks because the D.C. media is too afraid of her to ask, too afraid to risk losing an interview. We know why fucking Liz Cheney told us. Be on the receiving end of a leak. The DC media tells us they speak truth to power. They tell us democracy. That's a weird thing for a former congressman on Fox News. The DC media. It's a weird thing for you to assert, sir, as a as a type of ad hominem. Eyes in darkness. They tell us they publish all the news that's fit to print and a host of other meaningless, self-congratulatory platitudes. But they can't question Pelosi on her own duplicity when it comes to congressional investigations. She put Adam Schiff on the Benghazi committee, even though his mind was fully made up, and he did everything he could to protect the Democrat nominee for president. That was his job not to interview survivors, not to access information, not to ascertain why the military didn't respond in a timely manner, but to protect Hillary Clinton. Hey, Trey Gowdy, we're getting ready to see a hell of a lot more casualties from the coronavirus just rip through this fucking country every goddamn day, including kids. Why don't the Republicans do something to prevent that? Since you care so much about life. Oh, it's not about life, is it? It's just its just something that you think you can make a political stand on. Pelosi picked him despite his... And they only give a fuck about the military when it suits their, their political agenda because clearly the military was worried about a coup coming from Donald Trump. Have you mentioned that, Trey Gowdy? ...judged the outcome and claimed to have evidence he never produced. She picked Schiff to lead the prosecution in a failed impeachment trial, even though Schiff misstated facts, misrepresented a meeting with a whistleblower, and manufactured evidence during a committee hearing. Pelosi picked him anyway. Pelosi picked Eric Swalwell to investigate Trump, even though Swalwell was running for president against Trump. She picked Swalwell for the Intelligence Committee, despite his close relationship with a Chinese spy. She Once again, implying that he slept with her. They do that all the fucking time. I would bet good money that the two politicians she's been accused of sleeping with were Republicans. Midwest mayors is what they said. Picked Joaquin Castro to investigate Trump while his twin brother was running against Trump for president. She picked Democrats on her January 6th select committee, even though they themselves challenged the 2016 election results. She picked a Democrat to investigate the January 6th attack on the Capitol, even though... And the only way you can believe this bullshit from Trey Gowdy is if... That's a, I feel sorry, people that don't actually keep up with this shit. If they just watch Fox News, they're dumber. They are dumber for it. They dumb them down. And there's not a single cop, prosecutor, or judge 
who would be allowed to remain on those cases if he or she did what Schiff swallowed. And that, and that is why they attack other sources. That's why they want you to be distrustful of anything but them. That's why they attack higher education. And that's why they attack elitists. They want to label me as an elitist. That fucking don't unfriend me guy, Matt Spear, called me an elitist. I said I'm the grandson of a UMW minor, you stupid fuck. How am I an elitist? I'm from one of the poorest areas of the world. But it's just an ad hominem that you got to throw at me to try to discredit what I'm saying. Because if you listen to me, you'll realize... Trey Gowdy's full of shit. All these right-wing commentators are full of shit. Or the others did. Not one. She picked her own biased members, but she rejected Jim Jordan. Jordan is the top Republican on the Judiciary Committee. Jordan covered up sexual assault at Ohio State University, and he is implicated in this investigation. Jordan has participated in previous investigations. He worked hard, and he didn't leak. He has been a witness in previous investigations. But whether you like Jim Jordan or not is irrelevant. Whether you think the previous investigations or even the current ones are appropriate is beside the point. No, it's not. Congress has the power and often the responsibility to investigate, but it should be fair. And it's fair to ask why Democrat members of Congress are free to prejudge evidence, misstate evidence, challenge election results, sue the person what? they're investigating, run against the person they're investigating, leak like sieves, and yet they're qualified for service on an investigative committee. But Jim Jordan is not. And that's the question. I've answered I've answered the question. It is obvious. You are literally lying to your viewers. Exactly, RB. And it's and it's not just it's not just the lost cause propaganda, but that is a big part of it. It's the capitalistic propaganda. Like, this motherfucker has a financial incentive to get up and lie to his audience. And it's disgusting. But, I mean, the moment they are confronted with real-world fucking facts, they crumble. Here is Susan Collins on with Jake Tapper over the weekend. Tapper calls her out. Fought very hard to have an independent, bipartisan, nonpartisan outside commission to look at all of the events of that day. And by the by, the way, Senator Collins not voting to impeach the motherfucker the first time is one of the reasons why we had January the sixth. You didn't do your job, ma'am, and you said specifically that you thought Trump learned his lesson. I'm very disappointed that it was not approved. I think it would have had far more credibility uh, than Speaker Pelosi's partisan um, committee that she has set up. But we well, should have had a Republicans didn't vote for it. Commission to fully look at what happened. Yeah, I mean. Uh- we should have had the thing that Democrats offered and Republicans voted down 
the senator from Maine says. Uh, Mitch McConnell opposed it, and that's why it didn't happen. I should, you called it a, a partisan committee. I, I should note that you, there are two Republicans on the committee, Cheney and Kinzinger. Do you have faith in them? I respect both of them, but I do not think it was right for the speaker to decide which Republicans should be on the committee. Normally, if you... But she... But... Susan Collins is a piece of shit. She is worse than the hardcore Republicans that just say it out loud. Have a select committee. Uh, the minority leader and the speaker get to pick the members. Yeah, I mean, the, just to, the reason she did that is because at least two of the members McCarthy picked to be on the committee are election liars, one of whom, Jim Jordan, is possibly even a material witness. He spoke with Trump that day. Yep. Well, there were many communications with uh, President Trump that day. And and look, as you know... I- no, 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 no. It's not just about communications. Jim Jordan was in on the planning of the violence that day. Uh, he That while the rioters are primarily responsible for what happened, there's no doubt in my mind that President Trump uh, helped instigate uh, uh, and and Jim Jordan the rioters and uh, that's one reason and Mo Brooks to impeach him. You didn't the first time. Yes, a third cop who served during the Capitol riot has died by suicide as of today. Police officer who helped to stop the Capitol riot. Stop the Capitol riot. That's a weird way of describing it. Has died by suicide, making him the third officer who served on that day to take his own life in the aftermath. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert were probably in on it. They have been rumored to, to have both given tours the day before. Washington Metropolitan Police Department officer Gunther Hashida died on July 29th, the MPD confirmed in a statement on Monday. Gunther Hashida, assigned to the emergency response team within the Special Operations Division, was found deceased in his residence on Thursday, July 29th. We are grieving as a department as our thoughts and prayers are with the uh, are with Officer Hashida's family and friends. Hashida, who joined the department in 2003, is the third officer to die by suicide after the tragic day. Joining D.C. MPD Officer Jeffrey Smith and U.S. Capitol Officer Howard Lottingood, who both killed themselves soon after January the 6th. Ashita's death at age 43 comes less than a week after multiple officers testified about the horrific violence, racial slurs, and trauma they faced as a mob of violent insurrectionists who supported then-President Donald Trump attacked the Capitol on January the 6th. Officers testified that they'd suffered both lingering physical pain and ongoing psychological problems, including post-traumatic stress disorder, in the wake of the attack. Meanwhile, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who was spoken about in such high regard by Senator Collins, made remarks over the weekend... Or at least the audio leaked over the weekend. Violence towards the speaker. 
Several House Democrats have called on House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy to apologize to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi or resign after audio surfaced of him saying at a weekend fundraiser that it would be hard not to hit her with a gavel if he's sworn in as Speaker after the 2022 midterm elections. Comment is emblematic of the rising tension between the two leaders since the January 6th insurrection in which a violent mob of former President Donald Trump's supporters broke into the Capitol and some hunted for Pelosi by name. After initially condemning the rioters and blaming Trump for inciting them, McCarthy and his leadership team have recently tried to lay blame on Pelosi, falsely claiming that she was responsible for a delay in military assistance and McCarthy has remained close to Trump, who often insulted his political rivals in personal terms. Democrats responded quickly, noting the threats on Pelosi's life on January 6th, when the insurrectionist broke into her office, stole some of her belongings, and called out for her. Threatening violence against the Speaker of the House is no joke, tweeted New York Rep. Sean Patrick Maloney, This is the kind of reckless language that led to a violent insurrection. It's what Republicans do. All they have is is stoking fear in their idiotic supporters. It's all they have. And it's big business. It has made fucking Tim Pool rich, Dave Rubin, Steven Crowder, and a whole host of fucking pastors. Greg Locke is one of those pastors that has made a shit ton of money off of just stoking propaganda to his followers. And this motherfucker, like, he believes in a book that tells him not to judge, to love everyone, and literally warns about people like him using the book for personal gain. Yet here we are, he is in front of a rowdy congregation saying more nonsense yesterday. Right about all of it! We've been right about all of it! Woo! Yes! Yes! These wicked fools don't win in the end! They don't win in the end! So all this fear bull crap is that! It is bull crap! Say amen! I know you've never been to a church where a pastor told you to say amen after I said bull crap. It's better than what I want to say! I call it real BS, biblical stupidity. Biblical stupidity. So I know I wasn't going to say nothing about it, but I think I feel froggy enough. I'm going to jump right now and just say this. He wasn't going to say it. He wasn't going to say the most batshit crazy thing he could possibly say in order to get shows like mine to play him. He wants to get played on the Young Turks. He wants to be shared all over Facebook. He wants to say the most outrageous thing he possibly can say. I am not 
apologizing for what I said on this platform last week. The Delta variant was nonsense then, it is nonsense now. You will not wear masks in this church. You will not wear masks in this church. I'm telling you right now, do not get vaccinated. Do not get vaccinated. I don't care what you think about me. I don't need your money. I don't need your hand clap. Bullshit. 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 He is on every fucking right wing site. He does nothing but sit on social media and try to get people to follow him. I know, I troll him all the fucking time. Following along with it, Joe Biden's days are numbered. I said they're numbered. I've told you the whole time this election was fraudulent. We got so much proof. The only people that can deny it are crack-smoking, demon-possessed leftists. This motherfucker wants to accuse somebody else of smoking crack. How many preachers have we caught doing meth, snorting coke, and banging hookers? I guarantee, I guarantee this son of a bitch is on something. Holy shit. But he says he doesn't need your follows even though he spends all goddamn day on Facebook trying to get follows. He says the craziest fucking shit so that he can get Newsweek to do articles on him and get Right Wing Watch to share his videos out. Yes, I was being charitable. I was thinking of what, Ted Haggard. He was he was fucking hookers. Many of them are fucking little boys. I don't need more people on social media to Bullshit. Follow- I ain't following along with it. Joe Biden's days are numbered. I said they're numbered. I've told first, first of all, I think saying Joe Biden's days are numbered should get you a knock on the door from Secret Service. What the fuck? Yeah, I'll tell you whose days are numbered. Your fucking congregation. You're telling them not to wear masks. You're telling them not to be vaccinated. That tent is going to be empty within six months. You stupid fuck. Right-wingers are morons. And it would be something to celebrate. That we could all get behind like, yay, they're going to wipe themselves out. If they weren't going to fucking take healthcare workers with them. If they weren't going to take innocent children with them. If they weren't going to put all the rest of us at risk of getting some fucking mutated version of this disease. If it wasn't for that, I'd be happy. I'd be happy to see him telling his congregation that they should not mask up and that they shouldn't vaccinate. That would be Darwin Award level shit right there. Whole time this election was fraudulent. We got so much proof. The only people that can deny it are crack smoking, demon possessed leftists. I know people on crack. You resemble somebody on crack far more than I, sir. Yes, tax these people. Tax this motherfucker. How much is this motherfucker worth? Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. 
probably going to be hard to figure out. 0.2 million, apparently. Is his net worth. I'm sure his church is worth a lot more. Apparently he's been divorced. This says his net worth is 129 million. As of 2020. He got married to Trisha Locke or Tasha Locke was his church assistant his divorce with his first wife was one of his most controversial moments as he was cheating on her with Tasha, and also said in an interview that his first wife was mentally ill oh god he just becomes more and more of a piece of shit he was outraged at his comments but has not directly said that she wanted anything about the marriage I haven't done a video in a long time, and the only reason I'm doing this is because somebody asked, please, Melissa, do one of your encouraging videos. So, I hope this can encourage just one person today. This okay. is ex-wife. This is I've been learning for the past year, okay? Have you ever heard the phrase, Jesus is enough? Oh, as Christians, we say, oh, yes, Jesus is enough. Some of you have t-shirts and tattoos and billboards and all that, but do we really mean it? Well, God has put me to the test this year. And I've always said, Jesus is enough. But you know what I've learned? I didn't really believe that at all. I thought she was going to give us the lowdown on Locke. His, relation with, his relationship with Melissa was always rocky, but it boiled over towards the end when she was exchanged for his church assistant. Melissa and the pastor were married for more than 21 years. They have three boys and a daughter together. Locke has been an evangelist for more than 20 years. During this time, says she, he has amassed a net worth of around $129 million. One of the sources of his money is his ministry, which he established in 2006. <laughs> This church was vandalized in 2020 and the damages were reported around 5,000. He was berated in the media for being homophobic because he is and spreading false information. Pastor has also been arrested many times before this. He's been accused of running a cult and embezzling donations that have contributed to his massive net worth. In 2020, he spread anti-mask rumors that got him in trouble with liberals and intellectuals Liberals and intellectuals, while the Republican Party revered him as their torchbearer and the model for an ideal American. So there you go, Pastor Greg Locke. Do you want to hear it one more time? Do you want to get called a crack-smoking leftist? I do. 
Joe Biden's days are numbered. I said they're numbered. I've told you the whole time this election was fraudulent. We got so much proof. The only people that can deny it are crack-smoking, demon-possessed leftists. <laughs> oh, I'm about to tear this whole pulpit in half. The words of a man who are certainly on crack. Words of a man who is certainly on crack. Stability in Earth's climate hinges on a delicate balance between the amount of energy the planet absorbs from the sun and the amount of energy Earth emits back into space. That equilibrium has been thrown off in recent years, and the imbalance is growing according to a paper published Wednesday. The changes to Earth's energy system have major ramifications for the planet's future climate and humanity's understanding of climate change. Princeton University researchers behind the paper found that there's a less than 1% probability that the changes occurred naturally. The findings undercut a key argument used by people who do not believe in human activity as being responsible for the bulk of climate change to explain trends in global warming, demonstrating that the planet's energy imbalance cannot be explained just by the Earth's own natural variations. Something we've known the entire time, but hey, right-wingers will still deny Very good point, Scrappy. Doesn't mean that we should try to stop it because of the runaway greenhouse effect, but hey, try to tell that to a lobbyist who's making a shit ton of money off of it. One of the main reasons that energy should be nationalized. Yes, but I mean, it seems like without me getting a vote on it, that we're going to let it just exist and run wild. We're not going to try to mitigate it. We're not going to try to stop it. Jeff Bezos' dick jet isn't going to save us. He's going to sell fucking rides into the Earth's exosphere, or whatever the fuck it's called, stratosphere, whichever fucking layer. Like, he didn't go to space. NASA changed that shit to where, like, he's not a fucking astronaut. Good on them. But it's just so he can shoot people up as like a carnival ride and charge 10000 15 grand, maybe even more. So you can go up and look down at the Earth from one of the outer layers of the atmosphere for what was it, like seven minutes he was in, in space? It's, I know you were being sarcastic. It's all a commercial venture, though. That's I'm 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 so upset over that because I've got friends. I've got friends who are still arguing that's a good thing, and that that there was scientific advancement from Bezos doing his little joyride, and that's complete nonsense. There was no there was no scientific purpose for him doing that. It was just a test for his commercial venture. Mark my word. 
If they if they haven't already started booking those flights. Alright, I gotta hit the content warning for this next one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking, if we fully funded NASA, we could have already been doing, like, really cool shit. 11 minutes. It wasn't very long. I mean, I'm sure it was cool. It would be neat to do. But, like, there's so many more things that we need to invest in. Alright, um... Wayne Brady is fucking awesome, and apparently he got a voicemail that was really fucking racist. Love me some Wayne Brady, so... Let's find out what happened. As for Wayne Brady, make sure you don't give any of your fucking uh, zonk like every day, you fucking cheating fucking As for Wayne Brady, make sure you don't give any of your fucking uh, zonk like every day, you fucking cheating fucking What the fuck did Wayne Brady do? Right, apparently he gave an interview to TMZ. It's funny because I, I didn't know that you guys had uh, done a piece on it earlier this morning. So I got all these voicemails, you know, and, and, and from guys like Cheryl Underwood over at the talk, you know, my sister... Uh, and she 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 says, Wayne, I'm here for for you. And I didn't know what was going on until I remembered that this voice like 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 of all the people to be pissed at and leave a racist voicemail, Wayne fucking Brady? Why? I, whose line is it anyway is amazing. Maybe they don't like the new version without Drew Carey. I mean, Drew Carey's a little busy right now. Aisha Tyler did a fantastic job got released and I I'm not mad and in fact I was telling Charles that I'm actually happy that we can talk about this truth is I'm a man I'm a black man in America it doesn't matter you know I happen to be someone that my job is this thing and some people like me cool but the fact is we have people out there use words and wield them and and wield them danger zone and that we're going to be okay with it. I don't care what that dude has to say. In fact, the fact that he even referenced Zonk. And, like, and, and, and don't get me started on that because like I'm kind of upset that Archer got picked up for another season. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. But like that ending, the ending of this last season was so fucking perfect. It was meant to be the last episode. Like that. That's like... That is the way Archer should have ended, and uh, like I'm, I'm sad they're bringing it back for another season. I <laughs> love that show. In his tirade, Zonk. I really hope that you're a Nielsen <laughs> viewer, and you think the 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 best insult that you could come up with. I for, yeah, I forgot he hosts. Let's make a deal. My bad. Some vitriol that hate. You think that's clever? You think that's something that any black person walking in this country right now hasn't heard? You are the least of my worries. You can kiss my ass. The best thing I think about bringing something like that to light is showing that that we we now live in a day and age in 2021 where you have people who are recognizing their self-worth. They, they, they will not be treated like second-class citizens. I, I laugh at you. 
And that's where, where we are right now. People knowing who they are and we'll laugh at you, man. That has no power whatsoever. So thanks for watching. Please keep, keep, keep on watching. Um, it's fun. It's funny to me. I, I do think that it is a shame that, that we live in a day and time that people can just feel that they can say what they want to. So what I'm hoping is maybe conversations like this open up the conversations for empathy. You don't have to like me, but as a human, I'm going to give you respect. And I hope that you would do the same regardless of race, regardless of gender, right. regardless of orientation. We actually have to open those conversations. And that's what I think that this is about. Damn. Wayne Brady is, is too pure for this world. Fuck. He did. He roasted them. He roasted him in the most polite, respectful way possible. Mwah. The master. I already loved Wayne Brady before that. Seriously, <laughs> and like it was, so, it would, it, it was so like above the fray. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I'd be calling the dude a dumb fucking and shit. I'm in awe of how well Wayne Brady handled that. Now, let's watch how well this guy handles a car interrupting his fucking breakfast. Or dinner. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if we've got sound on this. It'd be cool if we do. So, this dude over here looks like he's just hanging out on the computer or something. He's not even eating. But he's at his dining room table. Really likes him some Jesus. Really likes him some Jimmy Johnson. Looks like he's watching Gorilla uh, Godzilla versus Kong over here on the TV. Wow, he's really calm about it. He just gets off and walks away. Shit. Damn, that looked like it'd break a hip or something. For those watching on the podcast, a car crashed right through his house. Knocked him in the dining room table at least three, four, five feet. Dude just gets up. <laughs> Look, he's got that with Sebastian Gorka. Sebastian Gorka. And Gorka has Jenna Ellis on. Oh my god. Meeting of the minds right there. I don't like how Facebook Watch makes you uh, watch something else. One more time. Damn. It's amazing that he didn't break anything. Yeah, he's, he says he's perfectly fine. I mean, that's a, it looks like an older guy, maybe uh, late 40s, in his 50s, up to the 60s. Can't really tell. 
He's got grayish white hair. <laughs> got up to grab a cross off the wall to give it to the driver. <laughs> he is limping a little bit when he gets up, which I, I don't blame him. Holy fuck. Uh, apparently this happened during the, the daytime. It looks like daytime. Hopefully it wasn't a drunk driver. Glad the dude is okay. Yeah, that car busted through like right like the Kool-Aid man. Alright. You know how we end this bitch. Gotta have some cuddly animals. Gonna show you a dog that is upset. Because he can't take a nap because a cat is in his bed. Poor puppy. <laughs> Apparently he doesn't know much about cats because cats don't give a shit. He looks a lot like Maynard too. Hold on. in the show with a Maynard. Say hey. This is Maynard James Kitten. I mean, clearly the cat's like, hey, I was here first, dude. You need to go somewhere else. I like how the dog tweet. It don't have sound. It has some stupid music. I checked. I was hoping we'd get like, you know. Sounds of the cat. It does look like a shock collar. I hope the poor baby isn't getting a shock. Adam. Oh, look at those sweet babies. Those your babies? Is that a hamster and a kitty? He stole my shit. There's a there is a video. Go watch uh that's a rat. Oh my god. Go watch the video. Seth Rollins stole my shit. Gwyneth Paltrow stole my idea for pussy candles. I, if you know, if you know somebody that's a lawyer that wants to take my case, please send them that video. Either one of them. I've got a good case against both of them. Especially Gwyneth Paltrow, because I'd say uh, she's worth a hell of a lot more than Seth Rollins. I want a cut of those pussy candles. Well, I didn't have an idea for balls candles that I actually have on. Like, I have the audio of me 
having the idea for pussy candles from back fucking almost 10 years ago. So that's that's how I, you know, I can prove it was my idea. All right, if you are on uh, Twitch. Oh shit, Echoplex is on. Oh yeah, it's Meltdown Monday. That's right. I was going to send you over to Rivana because I was just sitting here watching the Young Turks the other day and fucking Ray popped up on the Young Turks and I was like, well, that's cool. I was really happy to see her on there and I haven't had a chance to give her props. But, you know, we got to go see the Media Winch for Meltdown Monday. So if you're watching on Twitch, you're going over to the Media Winch. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We will see you tomorrow night. Yes, fuck people who use shock collars. I'm totally not. I am never for hurting a an animal. I love I love animals very much. You guys know this from watching the show. Go ahead. Light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.